As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Whoa, sweet man cave. Thanks. Serious upgrade. How'd you pay for all this? I got a home equity line of credit from Figure. I was approved in five minutes and had funding in five days. Wow, that fast and easy? Yep, the application is 100% online, plus no out-of-pocket costs, just fast access to the cash you need. How do I get started? Go to figure.com and get that serious upgrade. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. This episode brought to you by the following patrons. James, Sunzi, Steph, Holly, Natasha, Laura, Garotica, Vance, Boise, Jeremy, Ali, Jennifer with a PH, Mr. Ragebomb, Libby, Wes, Dreskel, Aaron, Kristen, Tia, Lauren, Jonathan, Kate, Isaac, and Karun. And all the patrons want you to know you're loved, you're listened to, and you're a valuable member of this awesome Horror Virgin community. And if you want to hang out with us, do so in the Facebook group where we hang out daily. And I'm your horror virgin Todd, which means I don't like scary movies, but you guys make me watch them. But this week, because Mikey is on vacation, we are joined by a very special guest, Jules Fernandez. Yay! Jules, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you guys for having me. Absolutely. Love love horror, love horror movies. I'm Mike today. (laughs) I have a feeling you're going to be way classier than Mikey is, but Mikey (laughs) isn't here today, but you might hear him in a special phoned in from the beach patrioticals. So stay Stay tuned for that. Um, and we watched Pet Cemetery today. Yeah, the original Pet Cemetery. Yeah, because we, I guess, as a podcast, have done the remake. Paige, I don't know. Were you I was on not the, on it. Yeah. So I don't yeah, think I you were, which means we should totally revisit that at some point. But this is the first time I had seen the original Pet Cemetery. Had you guys seen it before? This is my first time, actually. Okay. Okay. It's been a long while for me. Okay. But so you've seen it. You saw it maybe as a kid, Jules? Uh, I wouldn't say a kid. <laughs> <laughs> Looking at it, I would have been freaked out if i was watching that movie as a kid but like watching it i, I think like i want to say at least after i was 18 i like okay. watched it yeah okay so for Paige and me it was our first time so what did you think Paige? Yeah. well i was really familiar with the story uh, going sure. into it so like i knew it was going to happen and i had seen portions of the newer one and i kind i, I didn't want to watch the new one in its entirety until i'd seen this one and i knew we hadn't done it so i actually like waited I was actually kind of impressed with this. The first two acts of this are great. The third act goes off the rails (laughs) in a delightfully (laughs) weird way. I loved it, though, Paige. Like when we get a father struggling to throw off his, I don't know, 18 pound (laughs) toddler. I was like, what? What is happening? Can you keep a uh, scalpel in a felt case and then use it the next day no, that's not absolutely sterile? not no. not like sterile. why would he have medical <laughs> instruments whatever it was the 80s it was probably terrible for everything my favorite was just the doll hands with scalpels taped to them <laughs> every time i saw that i lost my mind it was great oh, big yeah. big fan yeah uh, but overall i really enjoyed it i feel like and, and this is always my complaint anytime we do a stephen king anything he does such a great job of tying the needs and wants of his characters to real life pain. Yeah. That it works. 
And then it's just the supernatural element that gets weird with it. Yes, I agree. And I'll say this. This is going to sound insane, and I apologize if you're a fan of Ari Aster. I am too. Hereditary is a better version of this, but it's yes, sort I of agree. this, yeah. right, on some level. Yes. And, man, Hereditary is way better than the original Pet Cemetery. I would say even than the remake of Pet Cemetery. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I did sort of have a good time watching this because, uh, and something I've learned in watching these movies for the past five years-ish Like the 80s and early 90s have like a specific vibe that's just not as scary. Oh, yeah. Um, It's it's like a lot of like creeping dread or like a lot of like walking slowly through a house like when there's like a two foot toddler like and that's not really (laughs) scary. But like they're treating it like there's a murderer in the house. And technically, I guess the baby is a murderer. But like but you know what I'm saying? Like a home invasion kind of murderer, but there it's just so crazy yeah. to me. I here's the flip side. I was sitting and watching this movie and thinking there are really good scary moments, but they're just not quite like you could make them scarier, just atmosphere or whatever. I was like, yeah, man, like if you took this like Ari Aster levels of spooky, and then I was like, oh, that's just hereditary. Yeah, I'm it describing is hereditary. hereditary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, except uh, instead of um, Optimus Prime wrecking the kid, it's a phone pole but like yeah, yeah it's the same it's the road that <laughs> damn road that da- yes. that road i don't know who decided to have build a house off like just the busiest hot <laughs> one lane truck speedway yeah because yeah. yeah. those trucks are going 60 miles an hour and it's like two houses like subdivision close to the road it's not like they're way off the road yeah. The houses are very close to them going like yeah. 60 miles an hour. Yeah, if it was like a driveway that took you down a road, it was yeah. basically you're going to a compound, <laughs> I can buy that. But if it's, yeah, the house is right here and then the road right past you, that's, yeah. just, that's just bad planning. I had a thought of what if this movie existed in the universe of Maximum Overdrive? That there, yeah. it is just taking place as the rest of Maximum Overdrive is happening. I did think it was pretty wild that when it was time for Gage to die, like segments of the movie started with us getting to know the truck driver. Like, <laughs> like, so like this guy has nothing in this movie. His job is to murder a child, and he and then go gets to so much therapy. I I bet. Oh yeah, I mean <laughs> yes. I I don't think it was murder. Like it was definitely not premeditated. It was baby slaughter at very most but like when he like we get 30 seconds of of him singing a song and then we see him murder a child It cuts back and forth to him multiple times. And I was like, I'm sorry. Are we getting a day in the life of the Chekhov's truck driver? Like, what's (laughs) happening? It is wild. It's crazy. Oh, man. But the chair in the top, though, is just the moment that the family is having before the truck hits it. Yes. It's just the the most hallmarky of hallmark, like, family moments. Just like... Hey, you got you got that air that kind in the air. There it goes. Oh, look at that! You got it, Gage. Oh, where to go? <laughs> Everyone's laughing, chuckling, having a good old. T- it's like, oh yeah, something. Why wouldn't something bad happen? Yeah, <laughs> it's like a Norman Rockwell painting. Yeah, you could not have a more perfect day. Yeah. Everyone's getting mm-hmm. along. The kite is in the air. I don't know how many times you tried to fly a kite. Keeping it up in the air, unless you're like pretty good at it. Not easy. Like every time yeah. I've tried to fly a kite, it's a lot of me being like, oh, 
crap, I gotta untangle the string again. Like that. <laughs> Why is it like Christmas lights every time? It's like Christmas <laughs> every lights. Every time. Damn it. I shouldn't have coated it in glass. I don't have the arrogance to assume I could fly a kite, so I've never really done it. Yeah, you're half expecting Gage just to be like, oh, I'm three days away from retirement. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to see my girl when I get back home. <laughs> yeah. Here's a picture of her. Yeah, look at the letter she wrote me. I'm coughing up blood all of a sudden. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Don't mind me and my bloody handkerchiefs. I'm about to inherit wealth. Yeah. <laughs> What's also wild is just how destroyed the truck is after hitting a child. As yeah. if the child was made of yeah. uh, the, the purest cinder block ever. Like he still dies, but the, the truck is just totaled. When we see the truck on its side, I was like, that baby wouldn't have done that to that truck. No. No. That baby has a skull of steel. <laughs> that has to have been baby Superman. And in that case, like, it's fine. Like, when you see the truck on the side, you're like, oh, maybe he survived because. Yeah. <laughs> Did he swerve out of the way and flip yeah, the truck? Like, well, there's yeah. no reason for that. And then they just bury the truck driver. In the cemetery. In the new Transformers, in the new Transformers movie, Megatron just starts chucking babies at, at Optimus Prime. Where do you think where do you think Megatron came from? Uh, when you hear the honk honk on the winds at night. Yeah, like that. I like how it ended like it was a ghost story page. <laughs> yeah. But no, in like reality, like the truck would have hit it like it was a ticklish watermelon and it would have like it, it, it would <laughs> not have hurt the truck a whole lot. Yeah, only as much as like a water balloon full of blood would hit a truck. <laughs> like that's basically what it would be. One of the best uh scenes I've ever seen of a kid getting hit by a car. I can't believe there are multiples for, for you to oh, choose there, from. There's a good Jules. one out there. If, if you guys haven't seen the movie Megan yet, uh oh, you full oh, on yes. see yes. that car. Yeah. Make the follow through. Yeah. That car looked like it was getting retribution. Yeah. Oh, God. But but also that teen was an asshole. So you're kind of like, yeah. yes. But also, I mean, we don't know what Gage was going to grow up into. I mean. That's true. I mean, there's a reason Optimus Prime had to come back from the future to take him out. Like, there's a reason. <laughs> I have to stop Gage before it's too late. <laughs> I didn't realize you rolled with an Optimus Prime impression. Autobots, roll out and run over that goddamn baby. <laughs> All right, now do it as Patrick Warburton. Ah, <laughs> uh, we got to run over that kid over there. Honk, <laughs> honk. I didn't realize Jules rolled deep with the impressions. I'm losing my mind. Oh, it, it gets it gets more obscure as we go. <laughs> Those are the best, though. <laughs> I will. Uh, I'll, I'll spoil what, what Jules and I were doing at 2 a.m. this morning. Uh, oh, yeah? Jules told me that when they have The Rock or uh, like John Cena or somebody in a movie. It's really any celebrity, but yeah. Any celebrity, yeah. When they, when they have to do ADR... They don't bring them in for like grunts and stuff. They bring them in for like lines, but they're like, oh, ah, like they just bring somebody else in that kind of sounds like them. it's almost like being a Foley artist, I'd imagine, on some Basically. level. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's mostly like it's whatever the audio they couldn't capture on the day. They yeah. don't want to spend they don't want to spend millions of dollars for the rock to come in to record a couple lines for 15 minutes. Yeah. So they hire someone like me. You can just do his voice. I come in and just. Ah, all right. Here we go. Oh, no. 
<laughs> oh my god, I love this. <laughs> Doug and I spent like thirty minutes uh, <laughs> just shouting suggestions at Jules of just like, okay, but what if the Rock had just taken a pretty hard dump? Go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna drop in a little plop just for the listeners. <laughs> Um, (laughs) (laughs) that sounds like a wonderful 2 a.m activity oh it was it was great yeah like no notes on how you guys spend your free time (laughs) (laughs) just standing outside the comedy store after the comedy store closed after they were like get the fuck out we're just on sunset boulevard being like Okay, but what if he just found out that his best friend from high school came out of the closet and his parents won't accept him? Go. (laughs) Nailed it. Nailed it. Jules fucking nailed nailed it. it. Yeah, asked and answered. Hey, do you guys want to get into the movie so we can go through it scene by scene? Let's do it. (laughs) All right, so we open on uh, a bunch of pet graves with the music from Children of the Corn, which... It personally, one of my favorite Stephen King adaptations, just because it's fucking nuts. It is crazy. But I have noticed that as we watched Maximum Overdrive, Creep Show, and we've watched Children of the Corn, that like kind of music gets recycled through all of them. Like the only one that doesn't have it is The Shining. It's wild. You could have told me that it was the same music as all three of those movies and I would buy it, Paige. Yeah. I wouldn't even say it was a corn fact, but these, (laughs) the opening credits are three and a half minutes of like melodramatic, like camera swoops through the pet cemetery. But it's so like eighties that, Especially in the last shot as they're like pushing in under the sign and like, you know, the graves are getting bigger because you're getting closer. I thought we were going to see like a paw shoot through the ground. <laughs> like it's that sort of melodrama. Like, it's, yeah. But like it's three and a half minutes of opening credits. It drove me insane. It's too much. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but we cut to Chekhov's truck barreling down the road. <laughs> I do love that we see like aggressively eight or nine trucks fly down the street before yes. they decide to get a fence. Yes. <laughs> like, <laughs> anyway, it's insane that they have that many warnings and their cat also dies. When the cat died, that would have been fence day if yes. not before. Yeah, oh, yeah. 100%. Absolutely. Yeah. Also, don't let your cats outside. Just like keep them inside. They live three times as long inside. It's like a whole thing. Yeah, Paige, they do live three times as long. <laughs> Uh, for some context, yeah, Jules. Todd has too, ma- too many pets and they are living unnaturally long lives. <laughs> you know, you want to know how my girlfriend is hot, Jules? She had seven animals when we started dating and we have seven animals now. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And one's died. They replaced one. Well, that was my fault. Just a trip to the cemetery. I'll fix it up. Yeah. Yeah, I was her owner, Paige. As they say in this movie, sometimes dead is better. Sometimes dead is better. Okay, so like when Puffcake died last year, I did like dig the hole and stuff. So like when it, when we were doing that in this movie, I was like, oh, this is like just a little PTSD. too much for me right now. Like I just worked through some of this in EMDR. Like it was traumatic. Thanks a lot, Steven. <laughs> Between that and people getting hit by trucks, man. Like this is I not know. a good movie for you. This honestly. 
honestly, I mean, if it wasn't so silly, I would probably be way more triggered by this movie and be more emotionally like uh, anxiety induced, you know, like I just don't have that because it's like sort of silly, like hereditary, I think nails my specific traumas and that's why it's my 10. Sure. Yeah. I can see those elements in this movie, but it's not executed in a way that is actually scary. Mm-hmm, it's just mm-hmm. really sad. Yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But the, and then at the end we get like a slightly scarier Chucky movie. <laughs> so there's that. And tinier. <laughs> it's I think fully Gage is smaller than Chucky. Like okay. Yes. So Gage versus Chucky in a like fight to the death who wins? Chucky every time, oh, Chucky. right? Chucky's yeah. going to oh, yeah, yeah, eat yeah. that kid's lunch. But also like <laughs> I don't know where they found Gage because he's the cutest baby I've ever seen in my entire life. And that works so well until the end, Paige. Well, at the end, it it made it worse because he was still really cute. But then they were like, okay, now look mean. And he was just like, Uh, I'm a demon. (laughs) But you're very much like, oh, but you're like, so like he he would have killed us is what we're saying. Is that a little scalpel? Hail Satan. Yeah, <laughs> it's a little. Hear me! Ah. <laughs> just turned into the Skeletor. Well, and then he keeps like, ha, 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 ha. he laughs like the baby in the sun from Teletubbies, and just like, I want to play with you now. And I'm like, run away! That kid did not know that many words. Who was talking for that kid? Also, just kick it. Like it's like twenty five pounds. Like why are we fighting it? Like what are we doing? <laughs> I got how Jeb he got his Achilles tendon like cut. Sure, sure, like, sure, that sure, was sure. A sneak attack. The hostile special, yeah. Yes, but I get how that happened. Could have happened to anybody. But when he falls onto his back and the kid climbs on top of him and he doesn't immediately take him by the legs, swing him and throw him away, it just yeah. made me laugh. I was just like, oh, well, I guess you're just going to let it kill you? Like, what? <laughs> you're an idiot. It weighs about as much as a large cat. Like, what are we yes, doing? <laughs> exactly. When he, like, half this movie, he's carrying a six-pack of, like, glass bottles of beer that Which would, would be weigh more than, than that child, child. yes yeah. i know you can lift it jeb just throwing a beer would take it out yeah <laughs> from across the room yeah <laughs> anyway our little family arrives at this house and as they're kind of unpacking we do see that they have a cat and a little girl yeah and judd the neighbor comes out and is like, ah, you, you're the new doctor. Nice to meet you guys. Watch out for that road, though. Like, I don't know if you've seen, but it's a fucking death trap. And as he's talking <laughs> about it, uh, Gage has kind of wandered up and he chases him down and grabs him before he walks into the road. Have either of you saved a child this way? No. <laughs> That's oddly pressuring, Paige. Good Lord. Oh, have either of you saved a child? Like, damn, Jules. I, listen, I'm going to go ahead and let you out of respect. Answer first. I've worked at theme parks, and I'll tell you right now, I let shit unfold. Uh, it's not, not my kid, not my responsibility. I'm not getting involved in a case today. No, thank you. Mm-mm. I'm not going to fill out the forms. I said, hey, I said, hey, don't do that. I did all I can do. Yes. <laughs> Just like Willy Wonka, like, no, stop. No, stop. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, if that kid wants to get in front of a tram while it's coming at 20 miles per hour, um, I'm not not getting away. No. I don't get get paid enough to to save children. (laughs) 
That's true. I did at a wedding, and I can't remember if I told this on Romancing the Pod, but it was a wedding that was next to an indoor stream, and they gave the flower girl a bunch of cold medicine because she was sick, and she was delirious and also three. And she just like so. What you're saying is she was drunk as a two-year-old, <laughs> out okay. of her fucking yeah. mind yeah. on okay. cough medicine. Right. You know. So you're hanging out with a drunk toddler. Please continue. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> she was she was on that scissor, and she wandered towards the indoor stream. And I was not in the wedding. I like had prepped and helped stuff kind of behind the scenes. So wait, wait, wait. Were you the help at the wedding that saved yes. the child? Yes. Oh my. God. God, is this where you met Jake? This is like the perfect no. meet cute. Okay. No. I think I've seen that episode of Party Down though. You know what I'm saying? Like that is a thing. You save a you save a child, he's off like chopping down a tree, shirtless. Yeah. He's like He was like, oh, I was just building this gazebo for the event space and I saw you save this child. Has anyone seen my shirt? I was I was 17. Uh the bride was 19, and it was like living through an episode of Party Down. But I watched this uh like scissor drunk toddler wandering <laughs> towards the stream and the person who was supposed to be watching her was not paying attention they were off flying a kite or some shit <laughs> they were like drooling over the bride's brother whatever so like i love how Paige remembers what they were doing <laughs> like oh, this is something she's carried for almost 15 <laughs> years i was fucking furious with her <laughs> and i like sprinted from the back of the wedding Just like, like it's slow back like, row and no, I shit you not, the girl was almost airborne falling into the creek. And I just like snaked her around the waist and walked back down the aisle with her and got a slow clap from that side of the wedding mid-ceremony. <laughs> the other side of the wedding is just like, who, who the fuck is this lady? Why are they clapping for her? They're like, Janice's side of the family won't stop clapping, the assholes. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, and then I just like handed her to her grandmother, just like take this uh and yeah i was i was the unsung hero of that wedding <laughs> but yeah that's how i felt i felt a kinship with judd in this moment as i have also saved a child i was never more sure that Paige had a banger of a story than when she asked us if we had <laughs> saved a child this way i also knew that jules had worked at theme parks and i was like i bet they've seen crazy shit I see. Yeah, I've seen. And you know what? You're not allowed to laugh. Uh, but uh, inside, I felt joy when I would see kids fall. I do have a story a lot like that, though. Paige, I was at a. I was at um. Oh shit! I think it was a Six Flags. I think it was Six Flags. I can't remember which one it was. It was in Texas. Whichever one it was oh, in Texas. Oh, oh, Six Flags over America. Yes, it in was Arlington. Yeah, okay, okay. I've been there. Yeah, that makes sense. I was at University of North Texas for a drum camp, and on the way back, we went to we went there. Anyway, so I was walking, and a guy was walking towards me, and he stumbled, and I caught him, uh-huh. and he we like righted himself, and I was like, I just saved your life. <laughs> it was, it's not as impressive It was just like a little one-off But like whatever, it's fine How drunk on cough syrup was he? <laughs> I don't think it was cough syrup And I don't know if they allow alcohol in that park But he definitely looked like a I soaked my fruits in vodka last night And I'm now eating out of this cooler He had that kind of vibe Todd doesn't drink I like that that's how you think people get drunk at theme parks Oh no, I mean I only know I only thought that because
because I've been to festivals mm. uh, when I was playing shows, and that's how people would sneak in alcohol. They would like soak it in it, their fruit in like alcohol mm. and be like, "No, it's just a bag. Of, it's like watermelon. It's fine." And then they would just get uh, shit faced oh, on watermelon at these festivals. <laughs> it's not a bad idea. You just have to carry a lot of fruit to get drunk that way. Oh yeah, all the guys were bitching about the coolers they were having to carry for sure. <laughs> yeah, I've done that with uh, like like Jello shots, uh, yeah, but yeah. they're they're made into like. Uh, orange slices made to look mm. like orange slices. Nice. Yeah. So you just yeah, and then you're ah drunk. <laughs> when a bunch of the people I went to college with worked at Disneyland, uh, they would stop at Jamba Juice in downtown Disney and get a Jamba Juice, pour half of it out, fill the other half with vodka, nice. and then just walk into the park with a Jamba Juice because people were like, oh, they just bought it at downtown. Like clearly, it's Jamba oh, yeah. Juice. Yeah. 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 Or soak your tampons. Don't do that. That's it's an easy way to accidentally really get sick. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I can't waste my tampons. Also, yeah, I've only got so many. <laughs> Pink tax is a bitch. <laughs> anyway, so old man Harbinger is like, watch out for the road. Yeah, and also, can I also say, like, in the echelon of like horror icons, if, for this movie, it's not the cat. It's not even Gage. Judd is definitely like the icon of this movie. Like he is. He is the mascot of the Pet Cemetery franchise. I yeah. honestly had never seen it, but when I saw him on screen the first time, I was like, oh, that's the guy I remember from, like, pop culture. Like, yes. I've seen him in, like, GIFs on Twitter, and, like, you just recognize him. It's Fred Gwynn, man. It's, uh, it's uh, what's, uh, what's the name from uh, uh, The Munsters? Well, he's the dad, yes. the dad in the monsters. He's the dad from the monsters. Oh, no shit. Okay. I, yeah. I honestly did not know that. Yeah. Well, and the mom in this movie is Tasha Yar from Next Generation. What? <laughs> no one else cares. It's fine. She died in some sort of mud puddle. <laughs> Don't worry about it. In real life? No, no, no. no. Just, her oh. and Data had a thing. It was like a whole thing. Whatever. We can't get into it. I didn't realize Data fucks. All right. I don't, I mean. He's a fuck bot. What is fucking, really? Anyway. So, uh, we can't get stuck on, on Next Generation. We already had an episode where we talked about the Borg for an entire movie. So <laughs> I mean, let's just say it was we talked specifically about the fuckable Borg. Yeah, the, the Borg, Borg Queen. Queen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and how fuckable the Borg Queen was. Oh yeah. Um yeah. <laughs> Jules is on board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. When she's like lowered into that body thing. Yeah. Listen. I don't know. I don't know shit about Star Trek, but I know the Borg Queen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the green tint of your lighting in your sound booth isn't helping. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's helping. Paige. I'll let I'll let her assimilate me. You know. <laughs> yeah. <what> I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, they get unpacked. They they get kind of moved in, and we kind of cut to they've been there for a couple weeks, and the maid slash nanny is leaving yeah and i thought this was so funny man the, this made me laugh the, the, so much this is so weird rachel the mother's like hey can you come on monday and she just does not answer her she's just like you're lucky married to a doctor i've never married and just wanders away and i was like so are you gonna be there monday <laughs> yeah, or? Yeah, yeah. yeah no i mean she literally says like are you gonna be there monday and then she's like I wish I had married a doctor. I've never been married. My stomach hurts. Toodaloo. And just like fucks <laughs> off. Does not yeah. respond to her employer about, it, you know, what she asked. She wasn't even like, I need you here at this time. She was like, can you come in on Monday or whatever? Like, just a master class in gaslighting. Yeah. yeah. It was amazing. <laughs> I mean, the next time we see her, she's taking drastic steps and then a quick fall. But like, yeah. there's clearly some something going on in her life outside of her employment. You know? Like, yeah. 
I was just picturing her <laughs> filling out like a request off form that was just like, unlucky, never married, stomach hurts, need Monday through Friday off. Just, yeah. Wish I could do that. How do I approve this? Is this PTO or is it sick time or what do I do? Hey, what's your employee number for PeopleSoft? I need your PeopleSoft ID number. Sorry. <laughs> oh, you should feel lucky that you have PeopleSoft. I have work day where I have to be like, oh, okay. So they requested an absence. And what kind of is it? F flexible time off or rest relaxation time or personal day or sick day or bereavement day. And you have to like scroll through this whole thing. It's a nightmare. Uh, can you tell that I manage people? Yeah, it's all day. Same. Click, click, click. So at this point... Uh, they're they're kind of tucking in the little girl and Judd, the neighbor, has basically said, hey, I'll tell you about that path in a bit and where it goes. I'll say no for anybody just listening. If you yes. see a path just wandering into the woods, but fuck, don't go down that road. Yeah, don't. It's never anywhere good. Yeah, it's and there's not like state parks signage that are like, hey, this is a hike for whatever. I'm not going down your creepy rock lined path. Satan. Yeah. Oh, this path? This leads to the fuckatorium. It's just mattresses that grow out of the ground. Like, it's never something like that. <laughs> That's a path I might check out, though. That one sounded sure. a little more yeah, yeah, interesting yeah, yeah, yeah. to my skill set. Yeah. yeah, just a bit. I also, this entire movie, I was like, Judd, just tell him what it does. Yeah. Warn him and tell him right away. So that they just put up a fence and don't worry about it. Yeah. But because he like doesn't tell them. But he takes them all to the pet cemetery where the little girl's like, this is really sad. These are all people's dead pets. And he's like, no, this is where like it's a time of rest. And he actually gives like a pretty good explanation to a child grappling for the first time with it, with the limits of mortality. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit better, I would say, than her own father does later where like there's in this scene he's like hey everything has to die but then there's no more pain and they get to rest great that's all you need to say that's yeah. simple but then later she's like god could take it back right daddy and he's just like yeah i guess and i'm like what <laughs> like Night. i understand that like people have different beliefs but you just put a wild expectation into that child's brain <laughs> I mean, yeah. Lazarus in the Bible, it is, you know, like, I get it. I mean, you can tell your kids whatever, but like. You think your cat was as cool as Lazarus? <laughs> or Gage? Gage ain't no or Lazarus. Come on now. Gage ain't no Lazarus. But that, that is a dangerous thing to tell a child, though. Like, yeah, I mean, like, I guess if you, like, don't touch yourself at night for a while, maybe, yeah. maybe, <laughs> maybe God will bring back your cat. I don't know. Was, She's probably way too young for that but like no but that was the vibe it, yes. it, it gave of like if you're good enough maybe and yeah. I'm like what she has no control over that <laughs> like, so wild. don't tell her those things <laughs> yeah I mean if you're if you're good for the next few months and the pet store gets one that looks just like yeah yeah uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, maybe, yeah just yeah, get another cat what happened to that <laughs> fish are easier to match you can just, you know, check their scales. <laughs> yeah, but a fish wouldn't get hit by a truck as easily. Although oh, there is a fish oh, in the pet cemetery. Oh, and oh, I was like, how me. did it get into the road? How dare you, Paige? My goldfish, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Scales, was run over by a semi. <laughs> I fucking love that your pretend fish was named Mr. Scales. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a lawyer. <laughs> Mr. Scales. Esquails. <laughs> Esquarius, Paige. 
<laughs> he's a fish lawyer. Aquarius is better. Fish law. Fish law. Yeah, he deals in fish law. Maritime law, yeah. if you will. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> now, Horror Virgin has its own anthropomorphized lawyer character. See, Cold Podcast has, lawyer. has yeah. had Brad Laveau, the gator lawyer. Love he's a lid gator <laughs> yeah, for years. Yeah, lid gator oh um, for years and years and years. <gasps> the team of Gator and Scales, they should start Gator a law office. Gator and Scales! Oh, my oh. God. Oh. <laughs> on land and on sea, if you get injured in a boating accident, call Gator and Scales. Yeah. We got you. <laughs> oh, but yes, definitely send us pictures of uh, Gator Lawyer and Mr. Scales Esquarius. Yeah. <laughs> God. Anyway, they Holy tucked the cat shit. in with her, and yes. I was instantly jealous that her cat would stay tucked in because oh. my cat not having it. That shot happened. It cuts away pretty quickly, but that was the total amount of time that cat was still under that blanket. It immediately <laughs> shot out right away. Yeah, what you don't see yeah. is him <laughs> just turning. Scratching the shit out of that girl. That was the oh, last yeah. thing they had to film. Well, and, and it, it was making the like. Yeah. I was like, yeah, it's a matter of time. Yeah. <laughs> Just as it feeds the black. Oh, yeah. And uh, there's a beautiful cat I in love this it. movie. Yeah, it's so sweet. But anyway, they decide that they're going to get the cat fixed the next day because A, you should always fix your pets. It's the responsible thing to do in a society. Yeah, Bob Barker, tell him. Yeah. <laughs> and you've won a treadmill. Uh, but, <laughs> but also, according to the neighbor, if they get the cat fixed, he's less likely to wander, which means he probably won't go near the road, which I don't know if that's true or not. I've always fixed my pets. So you know how you can keep them out of the road? Keep them in the house, guys. <laughs> or a fucking <laughs> fence. Yeah. How about a fence? Yeah. <laughs> cats can jump, though. I'd be worried about a fence. Yeah. But yeah no, cats I mean, do be jumping. Yeah. 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 Simple, simple solutions are not the horror character a trait. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> no, true. They, that is a very good point. Yeah, and you know who could have warned them about this? Winston Churchill, their personal injury <laughs> lawyer. <laughs> I hate you so much right now. <laughs> Draw me a cat in a suit. Anyway. <laughs> I like how we're, we are just using our listeners like mid-journey. Yeah, no, it's uh, honestly, fuck AI. It's way more fun to just shout requests at listeners and see what you get back. That's how yeah. I got gold plates. That's how Joseph Smith got gold plates, too. That's true. He said it like it was real, and then it came back to him. He is living the secret, or lived the secret. He died a long time ago. That's also how I got a drawing of Lizzo holding a severed head one time. And honestly, it fucking slapped. It was great. Hi, Marks. So he takes the cat into work, and no sooner does he arrive at work that someone gets hit by a truck, which, like... How many things are on this truck road? But a student gets hit by a truck and he has to rush him into basically the, the school hospital and they call the ER, but he's like, he's dead on the table. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's yeah. messed he's up. Gone. Like, yeah, I do love that in this universe, the only way you can die is if you get hit by a truck. Yes. That's why the little girl has no idea what death is. Yeah. Can I get a pronouncement of time of death from Optimus Prime? <laughs> time of death. 11.52 p.m. Farewell. <laughs> Roll out to heaven. 
Yes. Transform into an angel. <laughs> Perfect. Anyway, so he's fucked up about it because, like, you know. Yeah, I mean, he's a doctor. I bet he's lost a patient before. I bet it's always difficult, even if you've lost. Even if that's like a normal thing, you know, and it yeah. does. I mean, he is sort of doing emergency medicine medicine. And I don't know the statistics, but I, I bet emergency medicine doctors lose more patients just because of the nature of that job. They do. Well, he's at a teaching hospital, so he technically is not usually doing emergency. And okay. it is like dropped in his lap, which is even worse because like a teaching hospital, usually people are already dead. Where it's like a cadaver or something. Mm-hmm. But he's like, we didn't order this one. Yeah, it's not great. <laughs> the DoorDash got it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Donor Dash. No. <laughs> I asked for already dead, not going die, currently dying. I know you deliver fresh, but this is ridiculous. Ah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said 30 minutes after death, not before death, guys. Read the comments. Well, we're dominoes, and we don't listen to instructions. I think it's Uh. dominoes, but yeah. Dominoes. Ah. Anyway, as he's basically checking the pulse and verifying that that this person has died, uh, he comes back. The, The body comes back, and it says, the soil of a man's heart is stonier, Lewis. And he's like, how'd you know my name i'll come to you how did you know my name and then he's just like, <laughs> and, <laughs> like and, li- and like the maid never explains anything nope. <laughs> nope but i do love that we just like in american werewolf in london we get this guy throughout the rest of the movie in this like crazy gross makeup i love that every time yeah. it happens yeah. in movies me too it's great i even loved it on spartacus where he would see his dead friend jai courtney being like tend to the wound i was a big fan of that too did they try and pass off jai courtney as a roman name oh no no jai courtney's the actor's oh, name okay his <laughs> name like, is not roman to me but i don't know i wasn't around i don't know oh you mean from the tuscany jai courtney's <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, so meanwhile, back at his house that night, the ghost appears to him and he's like, yo, we've got to take a walk. And he's like, now I'm sleeping. Get out of bed. So they go up to the pet cemetery and he's like, hey, whatever you do, don't climb this giant thing full of sticks and go to the other side where the dead walk. Oh, no, I gotta. But like if that happened, I would move immediately. Although, honestly, if I had two small kids and a cat. And that was the nature of the traffic driving down my street. I'd try and move immediately anyway. Yeah. yeah oh, definitely. Uh, <laughs> but he basically is like, yeah, fine, whatever. Like, I don't even know what you're talking about, <laughs> creepy ghost. And then he wakes up the next day. I like how he literally lays down in this, like, quote unquote dream because he thinks he's dreaming. Yes. Like trying to wake up. He is just like a grown man laying down in a cemetery, like trying to yes. wake up. It was so silly to me. Yeah. Which normally on this show, people have sex in cemeteries, but they don't sleep there. No. <laughs> cemeteries aren't for sleeping unless it's the eternal sleep. Yes. It happens a shocking amount. Julian. <laughs> yeah, pretty much every Phantasm movie. Every Phantasm movie, somebody fucks in a cemetery. Return of the Living Dead. We should honestly rank cemeteries by their fuckability in these movies. Honestly, yes. I'm the the one in Return of the Living Dead had very like those spotlights. Fuckable. Yeah, very fuckable. That's a very fuckable Full cemetery. Stage show. Yeah. Oh, if trash is on tap. Hell yeah. Uh, anyway, he wakes up and his feet are all muddy because he clearly went on a hike in his sleep and he's like, oh, I was supposed to okay. rest. We have to talk about that because he wasn't like, oh, he went for a hike 
levels of muddy. He was tried to save our tax levels of muddy. <laughs> like it was all the way up his legs. Like that is not it, that that's not a walk. I mean, some of us are just more extreme about our walks. <laughs> not me. <laughs> Couldn't be me. <laughs> uh, but he does go to work and get the file on that guy and it literally opens it and is like that's the guy and then just tosses it yes. into a trash can behind him yeah <laughs> never to be seen again some orderly or nurse or whatever took 15 minutes pulling that dude's file making the copies putting it in a folder and he just like yes confirmed my hunch thrown away <laughs> Bye. That's all I needed to know. <laughs> anyway, we cut back to the house a few months later because now it's Thanksgiving and his family is going home for the holiday to his wife's parents who, controversial opinion, the villains of the film. Oh, when he does not murder his father-in-law at the funeral, I was yeah. shocked. There'd be two yeah. funerals yeah. that day if it oh. was my kid's funeral. And he punches him at his yes. own child's. And I, I get that like it is sort of the dad's oopsie that his kid is dead like but also there's no way he could have said it was an accident yeah, but you fully know. an accident yes that's what i was trying to get at there was no ill intent no malice yes. no, no, none of that it was truly a horrific accident and if you that if that happened to me and you punched me and like was like blaming me i would have like lost my fucking mind yeah that's where you like break off a shard of the coffin and stab people with it like it's they, he knocks the coffin over and the baby's body falls out i was like oh you're Jeez. gonna die today yeah. like oh. this is crazy i hear they did that just to get on corn cob tv's new show coffin <laughs> flop and i would watch a coffin flop baby edition i know that sounds you terrible. let him walk into the street I didn't do shit. I didn't do fucking shit. Call now. Save Corn Cop TV. Yeah. Honestly, for the eight of you who get that joke, you're my favorite listeners. They said that to me at a dinner. Uh, oh, God. Anyway, they go away. The house is pretty quiet, but he gets a phone call from Judd across the street who's like, hey, yo, I think your kid's going to be mad because your cat's hella dead <laughs> on my lawn. Yeah. Please come remove it from my lawn. Yeah. And that cat is dead, like <laughs> so dead. Yeah. And they explain it as like the frost had come and the cat was almost frozen into the lawn like it had been there for a while Yeah, um, because he picks it up and it's like he's to like Velcro it off the lawn. It's <laughs> it's <laughs> tough to watch. Sure. Yeah. I hated yeah. all of the death in this movie. Yep. Mm hmm. I, I had a friend who who hit uh, like a dog just ran into the road in front of her car. Oh. And, and I get that like most of those things where when a dog gets hit or a cat gets hit, those are all accidents like that. You're not meaning to do that. But that is such a devastating thing. Oh, I'll say this. It's this not going to put me in a good light. Uh, but <laughs> uh, there was one time me and my dad were driving. We're driving home. It's like middle of the day. Uh, we're driving and we see a rabbit like scurry out onto the street. <sighs> And I try to like jerk a little bit to get like, yeah, just to get out of the way. Rabbit kind of moves in a direction where I can't see oh, it. No. And we clearly run it over. Oh, oh no. Me and my dad, we, <laughs> we're there. We're like, oh, we look at each other. Then we just start laughing. Oh, uh, what can you do at that point? You're, I mean, there's like, nothing you can do. Oh. We're just like, oh, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> 
at least it was probably a wild rabbit and not probably not a pet. Yeah, hopefully. Oh, there was hopefully. a little girl who was like, Fluffy! Oh, no. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Don't worry. Dead's not always better. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, he's like, so uh, what you going to do with that dead cat? In a way that makes me feel like we shouldn't tell him where the dead cat is. But he's like, you know, we could do something weird with it. And he's like, all right. It's always a great. Great. <laughs> I'm definitely not going to take my dead pet with my weird neighbor to a second location. Yeah. That Don't seems do that. like a weird ask, old man Jeb. Yeah. So they go to the pet cemetery and then the additional hike over the sticks and whatever down the rocks to a series of circles that he claims is a micmac tribal burial ground because this movie be appropriating which is wild that nobody else knows about this thing right i, I get that they're not in the era of social media but a plane would have clearly seen this thing yeah, and been big. like yes yo call the news this is all that thing <laughs> Yeah, it's a bunch of circles. Yeah, well, and they there was like the rock art that is like, I forget what continent it's on even. I can't even remember. But like when planes became a thing, we found those almost immediately because it was like clear yeah. that like, I can't even remember who it was, but like old civilizations made huge things of like rock art and you totally would have seen this huge structure from a plane flying over yeah 100%. and it's kept the history channel in business to this day <laughs> yeah so like there's no way there isn't the ancient aliens guy on this yeah. mountaintop like aliens yeah look if you want to keep Paige entertained at two in the morning when she is drizzling hot honey over some sort of like frozen pizza. That's oh, what that you need. Amazing. You need the guy from Skinwalker Ranch that seems like he's kind of a scientist to be like, we found a giant man on top of the mesa. Like, that's what you need. <laughs> so thank you. Uh, anyway, he instructs him to bury the cat in the soil and as he does he says man's soil is rocky or basically the same thing that the body said yeah he has a moment of like uh, what did that guy say in the dream Nah, <laughs> fuck it i'm burying this cat so yeah. he buries the cat i do love how jeb makes up the whole story that you have to do it because the owner has to do it or whatever just so he can smoke instead of helping him <laughs> Right, when well, it's bound to you. I mean, yeah, it is bound to you, Paige. You're right. But I think that that is all fully just made up because Jeb's lazy and he's just hiked. He's also an old man, but like he's hiked up a mountain. What yeah. I would like after this is those memes where it's like, Moon, my dad said we didn't even want a cat. And then the cat's all curled on his chest. <laughs> but it's an evil cat. Yellow glowing eyes. Like, Yes. But they come home and he's like, hey, uh, don't tell anyone else that we did this. And I was like, wait, what did we do? Because <laughs> like, like we just buried my dead cat. But you said something to me that like makes more sense in like a broke back mountain type situation. Yes. <laughs> I mean, hey, both burying things. But like, yeah. <laughs> but he runs in to answer the phone. And instead of telling them what's happening, he just says, you know what? I haven't seen the cat. But, you know, I'll see him later. And she says, kiss him for me. And he goes, yeah, kiss your own cat. Ha ha ha. Hangs up. Yeah. The next day he's <laughs> raking the leaves and he goes down into the basement and the cat is there hissing, <laughs> angry. Yeah. Worst case cat scenario. Yeah. He's being real catty is what you're saying. Yeah. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Cats are already assholes. He seems (laughs) different of an asshole. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been trying to think of a good way to describe this to talk about it on stage. Uh, But I feel like my cat has his own agenda that he just doesn't let us in on. Yeah, I think most cats are that way. Yeah, he's like, I've got cat stuff to do. And so... I don't know what you're doing, but I'm over here throwing this pretzel toy against the wall enough times until it does what I want. Yeah, but in 15 (laughs) minutes, I've got to literally tear up all your curtains. So I've got a busy morning. Yeah, I could pencil you in for later, but then I've got to run around the room as if I'm chasing something, but nothing's there. And then I'm going to stare at the wall like there's a ghost. But I'm going to have to push our next meeting because I found a sunspot and that's going to set me out about 45 (laughs) to 55 minutes. Yeah. Now I got to rearrange all all my meetings. Yeah. Claire, Claire, bring my planner. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, so the cat's there. He brings food and picks him up and kind of looks at the injuries from the the truck, which are still kind of there, but the cat's fully alive. Yeah. And he's got plastic from the garbage bag that they buried him in in his teeth. And he's like, oh, my God, he chewed his way out. And we cut to Judd's house where he's like, yeah, I kept telling myself that I accidentally buried him alive, but like that cat was fucking dead. Yeah, <laughs> like, he was. It was a super dead cat. And Judd's like, yeah, about that uh, <laughs> place where we buried him, things come back a little different. Which you would think you would tell them that like on your 45 minute hike up a hill. You know what I'm saying? Like, why are yeah. we doing this? We passed the pet cemetery. This was a pet. Yeah, it might come back murderous just to like, you yeah. know. And also for a movie called Pet Cemetery, we spend very little time at the actual Pet Cemetery. Yeah. And only yes. one pet is raised from the dead. Yeah. Well, and they don't use the Pet Cemetery, really. They use the the burial ground on top of the hill. That's it's like yeah, five miles the away. Pet cemetery. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So he tells him the story of when someone took him up there to bury his dog and that his dog came back pretty fucked up. But then they just let the dog live until it died again. And then he buried yes. it there. So I don't know how they made that happen. But like, I thought we were going to get like an old yeller type moment where he had to kill yes. the dog. But we didn't see it at least. We didn't see it, and I would have assumed that that would have been the case. Yeah. But instead, he's like, and when he died, eventually, a second time, I was like, wait, did they just, like, live out the rest of their life with a dog in their house? Like, I know, right? Sometimes better is dead. Or dead is better. Whatever it is. Dead is better. Yeah. Dead is better. So he asks, he's like, so, wait, why did you have me make my cat murderous? He's like... Your kid wasn't ready to lose her favorite pet. And I was like, okay, but like, so it, it happens though. Like, as the mummy says, death is only the beginning of the conversation about mortality. Yes. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Absolutely. Yeah. That we all need to have with our children. But he asks, you know, that classic mummy line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Death is only uh, the beginning of talking to your kids about death. Yeah. Uh, but he asks, hey, has anyone ever buried a person up there? And he's like, no, who would ever do that? And I was like, it seems pretty obvious that someone would do that. I like that that was his reaction when he has a page saved a child's life level story in his pocket about someone doing exactly that. Yeah. Right. How how the father wasn't immediately like, hey, Judd, that was a pretty strong reaction. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) You elaborate. Yeah. Uh, No. (laughs) No, of course not. Maybe we should talk more about that, Jeb. It sounds like there's some trauma around that. (laughs) Why are your eyes shifting back and forth? No reason. Move along. Why do you have burns on your arm from when you probably burned down a house? Yeah. Oh. 
<laughs> yeah. One could also make the point that this is also why the the just just say no campaign didn't work. You can elaborate. <laughs> why should we say no? No, just say no. Well, I'm I'm gonna do some research on this. Yeah. Oh fuck! Oh fuck, Nancy Reagan. Then. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> throat goat trying to keep us down. Yeah. That's a damn throat goat. <laughs> So we cut to the bathroom in the house and he's trying to take a bath and a dead rat drops into the water, a present from his demon cat. And the cat is freaked out because he doesn't like his gift. But in all fairness, uh, a dead rat would have also been a a, a gift from an alive cat. Yeah, that's true. I was like, he's just a cat being a cat. It was on his agenda for 6 p.m. In in defense of the demon cat. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, what cats aren't demons, right? So like, True. yeah, you cats know. are like where dogs are like fur children. Cats are like Victorian adopted children, <laughs> but like haunted Victorian adopted children. Yes, yeah, I, yeah. I picture them like roommates. Like, like dogs are fur children. Cats are fur roommates. Where you're just like, did you eat all my food out of the fridge? Like that level of like. <laughs> Did you squeegee the shower? No, like it looks gross. (laughs) Who left this turd in the toilet? Like that, yeah. (laughs) Who knows? I'm just a cat. Also, the rent's going to be late. Yeah, because I don't pay it. Yes. I don't know if you know this, but I'm very much going through a meow phase. Ah. (laughs) Instead of leaving their clothes everywhere, it's their hair everywhere. (laughs) But we cut to the family coming home to the cat who seems completely normal around the little girl, which I think is really funny. Yeah. Um, But does smell bad. So she's like, we got to get him groomed or whatever. It's bad. As this is happening, they're maid nanny laundry lady hybrid uh writes a note that just says i cannot stand the pain sorry and then unfortunately dies by suicide but i had questions yeah and maybe and and so i tried to find some of this in fun facts i might stumble upon it as i look more this must have been something in the book where it made me wonder if her stomach pain was somehow tied to what was going on oh yeah, i okay. think that's uh the unfortunateness of like a lot of stephen king stephen king adaptations is that there's so much material in each book that there's a lot of stuff that gets thrown to the wayside like a big reason why he didn't like stanley kubrick's shining is because it was very different from the book version yeah but only because he made it for as a movie yeah first uh, and then when they made <laughs> the tv made for tv movie it was a little wacky <laughs> yeah it's well so i i did just pull this up uh according to the book she has stomach cancer i oh. almost said like it, it may just be like she's dealing with stomach cancer and like yeah. just is in so much pain she can't she's like looking for a way out yeah it's sad and terrible but like Healthcare in America is awful. So, like, <laughs> yeah, maybe yeah. that's the better option. I don't know. You either have money to get better or you go on the road and get hit by a truck. <laughs> the only two options. Yep. I, I found a little bit more information. So, in the book, Judd's wife is the one who passes away in in this same way. So, she's okay. meant to kind of replace, which makes a little bit more sense as Judd's wife would probably be older. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that kind of explains it. But yeah. anyway... They are very upset, obviously, by her loss. And this is where we get information from the mom, Rachel, who seems particularly upset. And she gives us kind of the whole story about her sister, Zelda, which is a wild side quest in this film. (laughs) 
It is. I get, I mean, I, I do completely understand why it's in the film, film, like thematically it's about her grief trauma, but like it yes. is pretty wild. The way Zelda looks is mm-hmm. very creepy. Like I did not like it. Yeah. yeah well, and Zelda supposedly has spinal meningitis. However, spinal meningitis while there are chronic forms of it that and you can end up having it for years and it could eventually kill you all that's true more often than not people die within like a couple days if they don't get treatment like Oof. it's it's usually something that just like snap kills you and the only reason i know is because one of my classmates got spinal meningitis in high school and had to have a spinal tap Within and they caught it within days, but he was in the hospital for like a week, like <sighs> inverted. It was messed up, and then they made us all get uh, spinal men like meningitis, meningococcal virus uh, vaccines. Yeah. Like after it happened, so like I got vaccinated against it because they were like, "Yeah, did you hear about Anthony? His back got fucked up." <laughs> I was like, "Damn, <laughs> all right, shit." This is Mikey from Horror Virgin. I practiced this ad for Factor in my car today. <laughs> Can you show us what you practiced? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mikey from Horror Virgin here. <laughs> Talk about Factor. <laughs> Nailed it. I have used Factor on and off the last couple of years, uh, especially since 2020. My work is very busy. I have a very busy day job. He does. I have a very busy hobby uh-huh. slash second job called podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so much work for you. <laughs> Eating healthy is hard. Cooking, I'm single. (laughs) Cooking single is hard. And I've loved Factor. Other people, they ship you ingredients. You have to cook them. It takes a long time. Factor, they ship you fresh, never frozen meals. And it always only takes two minutes, which is like my favorite thing. I never have to think about how long it has to go in the microwave. It's two minutes. That's what my dating profile says. Always two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it's helped me eat healthier, though. They have a bunch of like dietary options, like low calorie or protein or keto. Is it keto? 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 <laughs> Mikey, you've said it wrong so many times. I'm not sure if I remember how to say it right. It's keto, right? Keto. No, it's keto. It's keto. But anyway, Factor's amazing. <laughs> so just head to factormeals.com slash horrorvirgin50 and use code horrorvirgin50 to get how much percentage off, Mikey? Were you paying attention? 50. Damn. 50% half. off. Literally half off. That's code horrorvirgin50 at factormeals.com slash horrorvirgin50 to get 50% off. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Anyway, she looks more like she A has been starving and B has yeah. extreme scoliosis and C might be played by Ted Raimi in a mask, like all of those <laughs> things at once. It's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. Uh, but we get a, a crazy flashback and we find out that her parents left Rachel, who was only eight at the time, alone with her sister who n- needed constant medical care. Yeah. And her sister passed away. That's way too much to put on a kid. Yes. Especially when they're rich as shit, Paige. You saw that house. They had a six-foot painting of the oldest four-year-old I've ever seen with a top hat. 
Yes. Did you see that painting in that room? It's crazy. I did. Well, that's what Gage looks like later. I know. When he appears to her. Yeah. (laughs) But it's also like, this is our first indication, well, second indication that her family is fucking the worst and they're the villains. Yeah. Like the first was when he doesn't want to go home for Thanksgiving because he thinks that the family hates him. Yeah. Which is like, that's brutal. He's a doctor. They hit the husband-in-law jackpot. I can't, I could not figure out why they didn't like him. It didn't make any sense. Uh, could have been a lawyer. <laughs> uh, they keep trying to introduce uh, his wife to Mr. Scales Esquarius. <laughs> but then the second one is that, like, they, in at least in this recollection, they left one of their daughters to die and left their younger daughter to be traumatized by that death. Yeah. And then didn't do anything about it. But so she died. They have a rough time with it. Yeah. Mm. And. Her husband gives her a Valium and is just like, you're going to sleep now. Good night. <laughs> Bye. I'm not a psychiatrist. Yeah. So here's a pill. <laughs> it was the 80s. It was the 80s. Yeah. We cut to the next day where they are out flying the kite. This is the perfect day. And of course, it's... Gage with the kite wanders out in front of Optimus Prime. Oh, man. We, everyone knows what happens. And he gets yeah. crushed by this guy singing a song about some punk rock chick. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's... Brutal. Yeah. Good and news the truck is, flips. Yeah. I was going to say the good news is that kid was made of steel yeah. of some kind. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. But so we cut back to the house after they're looking at photos. Everyone is super distraught. And Judd kind of gets the sense of like, hey, I can see it in your eyes yeah. that you are considering yeah. burying that kid over there. And I'm going to tell you <laughs> yeah. not to fucking do it. Yeah. So we cut to the funeral. And this is where her dad accuses him of killing the kid, knocks over the casket. And punches him. like And punches him in the fucking face. You yeah. would never talk to him again, ever, ever. Yeah, ever. <laughs> In, in the grandpa's defense, the dad was not paying attention to the literal baby. Yeah, I mean, good, like, yeah. look away for like a 10 seconds, but like, he was a, looking away for a few minutes, and Judd had to be like, oh, yeah, the whole, whole cartoon, like, <laughs> run, run, run. Anyway, after the funeral, Judd's like, hey, again, yeah. I know that you're thinking of burying this kid. Here's what happened. When we buried this guy after World War II, he basically came back a zombie. Like, who would have thought? Yeah, and then yeah. They, the women folk had to gather the men folk to kill him. That's literally yeah. what he says, more or less. We burned the house down yeah. around him and his dad, and they both died. So, like, you know, do you want me to burn your house down, <laughs> basically? <laughs> but this is where we get the famous line, sometimes dead is better. Yeah. Dead is better. And he does say this weird thing that doesn't super connect, where it's like, because I introduced you to that place the power of it made him die which does not make a ton of sense but is definitely a Stephen Kingism of yes. like the power can do all of these things and it's like dude yeah. stick to one pick one editing but also Jeb's not from the tribe that had this as a part of their burial rituals he doesn't know he's just yeah. making shit up because of whatever he thinks you know yeah <laughs> meanwhile he sends his wife 
and their daughter to Chicago with the parents that ruined that kid's funeral. Yeah. Basically to be like, I'll be there in a couple days because what he's doing is just getting them out of the house so he can try and zombify their toddler. Yeah. And that's essentially what he sets about doing. Like the fact that he drove to the gravesite with like a shovel and pickaxe during the day. I was like, does any, they they should have security, right? Like (laughs) he tries so hard to conjure a tear. I don't know if you guys noticed (laughs) that. Yeah. Yeah. How hard he's like. I I miss you, son. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He's trying so hard to have a heartwarming moment, but it is hilariously just him trying to cry. Jules, when the cops come and like shine their flashlight over what is clearly someone digging up a a body grave and then they drive away, he goes back to digging and laughs like yeah white pri- you are white digging up yours <laughs> i couldn't say it but yeah it totally is yeah it yes. totally is but he goes back about the business of digging up his one day dead son and is like laughing yeah. insane well like like me and my dad all you could do is laugh in the face <laughs> yeah. of tragedy oh, what are you gonna yeah. Do? <laughs> but yeah he pulls that kid out and then he's just like well if he comes back weird i'll just put him back to sleep and i was like so you'll Rekill your own child. Yes, okay, that that's is your what plan. He says. Yeah, great. <laughs> Good plan. Good plan. Uh, meanwhile, Ellie's having a nightmare uh, because the ghost has appeared to her, yeah. and they can't get a hold of Lewis back home. So Rachel's like, "I'm getting on a plane," which is like wild that yeah. she's like, "Well." He might just be at the corner store, but I'm going to get on a plane instead. Yeah. Yeah. She gets on a plane. John comes over with beers and he's trying to watch for the house to see when he comes back. Uh, Meanwhile, he goes, he buries Gage. He comes home. John has fallen or Judd has fallen asleep. He wakes up to what he thinks is him coming home. But in reality, it's Gage walking into the house. Yeah. He immediately is like, he can hear Gage and he's like, I've got something for you. And it's a switchblade. Yes. I Where love are you? that. Come on out. <laughs> I would love I would I would love to have seen more of a face off between a, a, an infant child and a man who who has to be at least six foot. Oh yeah. Fighting a, a, a one foot top. Oh god. I, that's that's the Freddy versus Jason <laughs> fight we should have had. <laughs> like they're like crossing blades with a pocket knife and a scalpel. Yeah, I'm here for that. It's like the bad music video with their hands duct taped together. Yeah. Mm. Sorry. We we cut back together, or we cut back and forth between Rachel on the plane with Pasco the ghost, who is kind of trying to like tell her to go and like it's trying to stop you. He's spirit guiding her. Yeah. He even bought yeah. a he even bought a ticket for that flight she's on. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like, literally, he's sitting there on the flight with them. Business class, too. uh, Yeah. Because he's got unfinished business. Pushing the button. Uh, Excuse me, uh, Stuart, do you have the other half of my head? I would like that. Do you guys have that? I I was told that you guys had head service and unfinished business class. (laughs) I checked my legs. I'm sorry. Unfinished business class is an unsung joke that we like skipped over page, but I fucking, that hit me in a good, good way. I love it. Now I'm just picturing his legs on the like rolling <laughs> luggage thing. He's just like, check the gate card, check the, yeah, these are my legs. No, th- these aren't mine. I- these aren't mine. I put a, I put a red handkerchief on mine. <laughs> 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 mine is covered in duct tape. Uh, <laughs> she's also having flashbacks 
to Zelda taunting her yes. being like which are wild wild these are the only parts that like actually did sort of freak me out when she's like we're coming to, I'm coming to get you or whatever and then she like moves towards the camera and it's at a very yeah. sort of cockeyed and skewed sort of angle like a it's fish ve- island yes it's very uncomfortable it, like it is effectively like not scary, but like, ugh. It's creepy. Yeah, yeah, creepy. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's like that skin crawling like, oh, I feel uncomfortable. Yes, absolutely. Meanwhile, J- Judd is following the baby around the house. <laughs> That's like 20 minutes of him like, is he behind the curtain? No. Oh. Is Under he- the bed? <laughs> yeah. In the, the, the washing no. machine? <laughs> yeah. That's just the rest of the movie. It's just him. Where, where are you? <laughs> just the wildest game of sardines. Yeah. <laughs> Fade to black, then to be continued pops up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, eventually he does like get down, I think, to check the bed. And then he like, the baby cuts That's his Achilles. That's when he gets his Achilles yeah. heel. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, she lands and rents a car but it blows a tire <laughs> and this is where Pasco's like they're trying to stop you yeah. so she just wanders into the woods and then comes upon a weird lobster shack where she hitchhikes to the car yeah or to the house I, I love how the rental agent was like we only have like a real shit car it's like really shit and she's like yeah yeah i just need it and she's like yeah all right i guess we'll give you the shit car like i was like yeah it was it's just got such a, a funny scratch interaction. on it i know like there's it's an emergency just give her the damn car it was either yes. that or the, the horse-drawn carriage with the horse for three days left <laughs> of retirement yeah <laughs> And man, when that that horse blew a hoof, the audience really felt for it because it was like so close to retirement. And then it just kept sinking into the quicksand because it couldn't get out under the power of positive thinking. Yes, exactly. And the queen of callbacks, Rampage Wesley. What's up? (laughs) She gets to, to Judd's house and comes upon first evil evil church the cat but then evil baby gage in his dapper suit and like top hat and cane yeah starts singing <laughs> starts <laughs> hello my baby you are a dead baby gonna... hello my dead baby friend yeah. i was gonna say put it on i was gonna say put it on the ritz but yeah that's also <laughs> put, good putting on the ritz <laughs> 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 Stabbing up a bitch. Um, so he immediately lunges on her and and kills her yes mm-hmm. so she's dead oopsie daisy Meanwhile, the dad, Lewis, wakes up and sees a bunch of footprints and he answers the phone because he wakes up to the phone ringing. I thought it was weird that he didn't immediately be like, oh, I guess that's where Jesus carried me to bed. Yeah. <laughs> How drunk did I get last night? <laughs> well, he he tumbles out of bed and almost million dollar babies himself I on know, the nightstand. I was like, I think he hit his face. Like that's, I bet that yeah. hurt. <laughs> it looks uh. like it hurt. Um, but his scalpel's missing, which I was like, I don't think you keep special scalpels anymore. That's like a. No. They call that a bio burden. You don't want to have that on your surgical instruments. No. And so he wakes up to the phone. He answers it. Ellie's freaking out because she's having bad dreams because she's psychic, question mark. And <laughs> as is every child in the Stephen say, King yeah. story. This is a Stephen King story after she, all. <laughs> air quotes shines. Yeah. Uh, so they're <laughs> like, can you just like put Rachel on the phone? He's like, I can't talk to you right now. Hangs it up, follows the baby shoe tracks to the basement. Yeah. Uh, he finds dead Judd and dead Rachel, although dead Rachel pops down from the attic. Yeah, because she with actually Gage, hung like, herself. Ha, 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 yeah. ha, ha, Yeah. And then Gage jumps out on like a torpedo, Paige. It yes. was insane. A baby torpedo. Yes. And this is after he does inject Church the cat at the front of the house so yes, he doesn't he does attack kill him. the cat, yeah. He kills the cat. Super sad. The opposite of saving the cat. 
Yeah. <laughs> yep. And so he's trying to prepare another syringe for Gage, but it's literally hand-to-hand combat with a thing that's like roughly the size of a large purse. And Gage does fuck up his dad. Like, yes. in a way that is incomprehensible because of their size disparity. Like, it's insane. Yes. <laughs> Again, that's why I want to see that Judd versus Gage battle. I would watch that in a Gage match. It's like, it's going to be, it's like watching Yoda fight in, in Attack of the <laughs> yes. Clones. Give him the high chair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh god but he does eventually get him with a syringe in the neck yes and kill him yeah and then set the fucking house on fire well i did like the gauge was like no fair and then just like sits down and dies i yes. was like oh my god dude and he hits his head like the baby hits his head. like the little actor baby yeah. hit his head like that looked like it hurt it did a uh, good thing his skull is probably still soft uh, yeah, yeah. so he carries Rachel's body out of the house and he's like, no, this time it'll work. And I'm like, did we not learn our fucking lesson? No. Because he buries her, of course, up in the circle and she comes back real fucked up with like half her skull out, <laughs> grabs a knife and, and stabs, stabs him. him. Yeah. And, and that's, that's the movie. movie. So, Julian, thank you so much for joining us today on uh, the horror version. We really appreciate it. Can you tell people where they can get more of what you do. Yeah. Uh, I'm on TikTok. I'm on Instagram uh, at Julian F. Comedy. Uh, my website is JulianFComedy.com. Nice. I think it's Julian F. Comedy for my YouTube channel as well. If you type in Julian Fernandez, you can probably find me. I have a special out on YouTube. Speaking of which, uh, nice. Julian Fernandez 30. If you're listening to this, go check it out. And uh, uh, yeah, go follow me on all my socials because I do have some things in the works uh, and some horror things in the works as well. So perfect people to talk to about that. Absolutely. But yeah, thank you guys so much for having me. This was a lot of fun. We'll have to do this again uh, when you have a little bit more time. Yes. Would love to, yeah. Because would love to dig into some of that horror nerdiness that we talked about before oh, we started yeah. recording. If you yeah. guys need a horror recommendation, I got a few. Well, you should come. We should do one. Like, you should. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we should do an episode. Like, give it a proper, like, you pick it. We'll do a whole thing. That'd yeah, be fun. Yeah. Down. 100%. Awesome. Well, All thank right. you so much. And thanks for taking the time to, you know, yeah, <laughs> be silly you. with us for an hour and a half or so. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Absolutely. Yeah. So, having seen the movie, having talked about the movie, Paige, what did you think about the original Pet Cemetery? I really liked it, oddly. Like, it's got goofy moments. Like, I think Zelda's yeah. pretty goofy. But, like, most of it, I really enjoyed. And I think for being as old as it is, it holds up. I think, uh, I say interesting because of what you said about Zelda. Zelda's the part that, like, actually creeped me out. The rest of the movie is just sad, I think, to me. Because <laughs> we are really watching someone, like, well, actually a few people. Because we see it from the mom's perspective too like they're all sort of grappling with this really intense grief and even the daughter that survives is like you know learning about death for the first time so it's not yeah. so like scary it's more sad the creepy stuff to me was all the Zelda stuff yeah. and it's really just the character who's playing her is really effectively creepy and the makeup's really creepy and like they just really executed that really well uh, it's just I don't love the Pet Cemetery movies because they're just sad and like I've they are I've had to bury a dog under a tree you know like all of those things are like so sad and I don't like to revisit them so like you know I don't typically like this kind of movie <laughs> it does I, I think comparing it to Hereditary was spot on this does feel like Hereditary yeah. light it does a little bit this to me is like the okay for kids to watch version of hereditary because yes. it is not over the top scary 
there are scary moments, especially for me, the Zelda stuff was like really creepy, but it's not like hereditary scary, you know? Yeah, I think if you took all the scares from this and dialed them up, you get hereditary, I think is basically what it is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, And we also in hereditary, I think, get a little bit more of an explainer as to how it works. Yes. Because in a, a lot of Stephen King stuff, which honestly, it doesn't bother me, but it's like. It is this way. The people who made it that way are long dead. There's no way for us to find out how it works, why it works. It is just that way. And I honestly sort of dig that about Stephen King because ultimately I don't care. I just care about what's driving the story forward, you know? Yeah. Um, That is to say Ari Aster does a great job of incorporating how it works into the story of Hereditary. So it's not like a complaint about Ari Aster. I just don't mind when Stephen King doesn't even go into it. I'm of two minds about it because I do like the air quotes how it works. I do love that. My, My logical brain loves that. But I do think if you don't know how it works and it's just a thing that your characters have to deal with in their world, it does allow you to focus more on the more human aspects of what your characters are struggling with, where it just becomes part of the landscape. Where if you think of something like it, like as much as it's about an evil clown that turns into a spider that has to fight a god turtle, like as much as it is about that, it is way more about everything that those kids are going through as kind of a growing pain and how they bond together to get through it. It's about their individual fears and insecurities. And I feel like this is his grief movie, if you want to think of it that way, or his grief story. And I think as a grief story, super effective. Like this made me want to read the book, oddly enough. So I might pick this one up. And I'm sure the book is great. Yeah. uh, Because obviously Stephen King has been a very successful writer for a (laughs) long long time. time. I'm sure that dude can write a book and I've never read one of his books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've listened to one... uh, uh, when Jen was still on the podcast, she let me borrow Dolores Claiborne, and I listened to that on a road trip. Didn't hate it, you know, like it's hmm. fine. Uh, I don't really like horror in book form either. <laughs> it's it's but, hit or miss for me, yeah. but I, I've been trying to read more of it. I do love sci-fi. I will read the shit out of some scary sci-fi, um, but I'm trying to read more just straightforward horror. Yeah, but I think this is this. I've been reading The Shining, and um, this is probably a good next one to get into. Yeah. Well, awesome. Well, Paige. Do you have any fun facts for us? I do. Well, hit us with your fun facts. Evil cat fun fun facts. facts. (laughs) Yeah. Stephen King has once said that the only novel he wrote that really scared him was Pet Cemetery. Oh, no shit. Okay. That this is the one that gets to his personal fears, which I think is really interesting. I I get that because like, I think you don't get to be an adult in this world without experiencing some level of loss, like losing a pet or losing a sibling or losing a spouse or whatever, like or family member or whatever. So it makes sense to me that even no matter how that trauma has touched your life, that that is one that is like so accessible to pretty much everybody. Yes. So like, I get why this would be the one that scared him the most. Absolutely. Uh, So for the role of Zelda, the Terminator, Terminally ill sister. Yeah. Uh, director Mary Lambert, which also, by the way, female directed horror. Yes. Un- unusual. Very well done. I like this a lot. Yeah. I have heard that the sequel is fucking bonkers. And so I am kind of excited to eventually get to that <laughs> on a sequel month. But Mary Lambert wanted Zelda's scenes to frighten the audience. But okay. in the book, Zelda was a 13 year old girl. <gasps> and she didn't think that just casting a 13 year old girl was scary enough. So she actually cast a man 
man named Andrew Hubatsek uh, to be in extensive physical makeup to play Zelda and to depict that there was something a little off about Zelda without immediately identifying what it is. Interesting. Okay. I mean, I just thought it was all the makeup. Like, the makeup is really effectively There's creepy. There's a lot of makeup, yeah. yeah. But that's part of why. Sure, yeah. In the book, Judd actually mentions that a dog that went wild in a nearby town killed several people. This is actually a reference to the events of Cujo, which came out in 1983. Okay. But is also another novel by Stephen King and was one of the ones that we considered doing this month and we picked other things for other reasons. But it is a faint. It's like one of the most famous ones for Super sure. Super famous. Yeah. I, I yes. haven't seen it, but I know of it. Like, it's that level of famous. Of course. Yeah. Um, that's actually really common in Stephen King books for people, for A, the universe is to be interconnected. Sure. But also B, for characters to reference things that happened in other books because they are all set nearby. Case in point, this is set in Maine, as almost all of them are. And they actually shot it on location in the town where it was set in the novel. So that's okay. kind of fun. That is kind of cool. That's really unusual. That doesn't often happen. Um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's cool, though. Now, the original screenplay featured a Wendigo, uh, which is a, a yeah. Native American uh, mythological creature. And it was mentioned in the novel, but ultimately cut from the film. Okay. But its presence is actually implied in the film. First, in the scene where Lewis is walking through the woods at night, he hears something large knock down a tree. Yeah. Second, when Judd first takes Lewis up to the burial ground, there is a large crash with a long howl. And Judd says it's only a loon, but it's very clear that he doesn't believe it himself and it is not a loon. Uh, so yeah. in the original script... That would have been a Wendigo. I do think that potentially, and, and again, I'd have to read the book, yeah. there might be more tying that creature to that area, and that's part of why the soil is soured. If you're familiar with some of the mythology surrounding Wendigos, it is often tied to hunger. It's like a hunger myth, uh, and it's usually a person who has then eaten another person or killed another person becomes that creature. So it's like the physical embodiment of extreme hunger. Interesting. Um, which makes sense because everyone that we see come back from that area often eats people. Now, again, that's only one version of it. There are many, um, and there are other films that have attempted to cover it. However, some of that tribal mythology is very closely guarded um, and is not often shared with people outside those tribes so we don't fully know or understand all of those mythologies so but it's one that fascinates me personally uh, no I, it sounds like it. and it is it is cool like um i don't even know if you'd call it like a cryptid or yes it's yeah, a cryptid okay yeah. so yeah i i know a lot of cultures have cryptid type myths that are mm -hmm. supernatural not just like bigfoot you know like actual supernatural cryptid type myths i don't really know a lot about them and but i i think they're fascinating yeah i i'm also always fascinated by where a cryptid gets its roots. Like, how do they stay blonde all the time? All the time. It's a two step process <laughs> where we're going to do highlights and lowlights. Uh, but I I'm always fascinated by looking at a group of people at a time and a place and why they get, why they have the cryptid they do. Yeah. Because I think usually a cryptid like that represents something about the society. So it's almost like, 
okay, if we have a mythology about something that is hungry and eats people and disrupts the community, that makes a lot of sense for a group of people that were living off the land, raising their own food, but also relied heavily on a communal society where everyone had to do their part and you had to all work together. So that would be a scary dichotomy to them. If you look at something like Mothman, it's very kind of linked to like Cold War mythology, which yeah. really is kind of close into like when I it never was thought spotted about it like that, and the that's things right. that they look at. Yeah, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, that's one of my favorite parts of cryptids is just like, why? Yeah. Why did it happen? Yeah. Uh, now, according to the director, to just completely change gears, because we have, you know, fun facts, but we got time. Uh, <laughs> according yeah. to Mary Lambert, one of the hardest things on this shoot was to get the cat to eat the pork chop. I was going to say, like, I don't think I've ever seen a cat eat red meat like that. Yeah. And and to be honest, you know, they often don't. They have trouble breaking it down if it's not like a fresh kill. Yeah. And so, like, it's rare that I've seen cats just eat meat. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure that wild cats, I'm sure, do because they have to hunt and trap and whatever is around them. But I've just never seen it myself. So, like, yeah. Yeah. We did feed my cat shrimp one time, and he was all about that. He loves shrimp. (laughs) But, you know. We, we don't have unseasoned raw shrimp around all that much. I can't imagine so, yeah. No. Anyway, Stephen King was on location for most of the film because it was only 20 minutes away from his home in Bangor, Maine. Oh, that's awesome. I also love that he is the like pastor doing the funeral services. Yes. And he, yes. he has one line, but he nails it. He does a very convincing preacher or whatever denomination it was. He nails it. I love that he is the amount of famous that he can live wherever the fuck he wants. Of course That's the is. dream. And also the type of creator he was was very internal and he does it himself. He could do that anywhere, literally. So like why why move? Yeah. Yeah. I dream of that someday. That's one of the reasons I want to go full time doing this. I know. You can live wherever. Yeah. If you think I'm going to live in the U.S., Every day out of the year You're crazy I, Like I want to be like I'm going to go to Scotland For a month I'll just I'll yeah. record at like Crazy times Or I want to go to Japan yeah, yeah. For a month I'll just record at Four in the morning With you guys When you can't Or whatever You know Like for that sure. would be That's my ideal life Right there Yeah I, I don't know That I would go For that long But like I've got a lot Of international travel For the next year and a half Yeah On the docket That's awesome man I'm so jealous I love international travel Now granted It is all like I am there performing, which kind yeah, of regiments like your I travel. Yeah. It is also work, but like, yeah, it's cool to be like, yeah, I got to do comedy all over the world. Yeah, I'm that asshole. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I just can't wait till we can annoy Mikey with all the places we've gone. Yeah. Uh, so the original cut of the film was judged to be too long. Uh, So they had to cut it down, but they also decided that the closing scene was too tame and it was reshot to be more graphic with her makeup and everything. Okay. Her makeup is real gross. Like as they're making up or making out, her eye is like oozing. (laughs) It's super gross. Well, so the actor, speaking of super gross, the actor Brad Greenquist, who played Victor Pascal, uh, was in his makeup the whole time and no one would sit near him when they were oh, having lunch. Of course when he not. he was wearing the makeup, which oh. is great. Well, I mean, you have to eat and you don't want to look at this guy with like the uh, his head missing. Like, ugh. Yeah, I get that. Sorry, Pascal. 
Stephen King is a big Ramones fan and referenced a bunch of their songs in the novel. So in return, the Ramones wrote and performed the theme song that plays over the credits, which, by the way, is tonally completely wrong, but kind of a bop. So we're going to go with it. <laughs> like <laughs> That is like their sweet spot, though, because like they couldn't yeah. sing or whatever, but it's not about that, you know? Oh, I just meant like tone for the movie like we're just like what a oh. sad meditation on grief and it's like 20 20 24 hours ago and you're like i want to kill a child yeah i mean it's a weird <laughs> like, vibe for sure it's a weird vibe um like i guess we should have known that trucker was gonna run over gage right like he was singing yeah. about it the whole time well he was he was listening to <laughs> sheena is a punk rocker yes. which is another ramon song yeah, yeah, yeah. i recognize that one yeah well and i also recognize the one in the end credits like i've heard it before and i'm not yeah, like yeah, a yeah. huge ramones fan like they're fine but like yeah. I'm not like a, I celebrate their entire catalog Like I just listen to the ones that are on the radio Hey we shouldn't celebrate anyone's Entire catalog no. like the closest I get is Elton John and even some of those I'm like you know we could skip this later stuff maybe I don't know but <laughs> Crocodile Rock Is a bop. Fucking slaps ah. Fucking slaps Yeah so this was Mary Lambert's second feature film. She was actually better known for music videos. So she directed a bunch of videos for Madonna. She directed Material Girl and Like a Prayer, which ultimately, like, those are two of the most famous Madonna videos. They, like, made her career. They, like, made yep. her an MTV darling. The only way you could potentially get more famous is to be, like, also like a virgin. <laughs> like, yes. she's got, like, two of the three. Yeah. She was also friends with the Ramones, and she approached them about that collaboration, which is part of how everything kind of came together. Okay. Now, the actor who played Lewis was not the first choice. Do you know who the first choice was? No. Who? Bruce Campbell. Oh, son of a bitch. I want that so bad. The guy who plays him is fine, but Bruce Campbell? Oh. That would have been amazing, right? It would have been a little goofier, but I would have been here for it. It would have fit tonally more than the Ramones <laughs> but yeah no I that would have been amazing I love Bruce yeah it would have been great twin actresses played the role of Ellie um however Blaze one of the two twins Blaze and Bo uh Blaze was mainly credited for the role while Bo is credited as Ellie Creed 2 <laughs> um <laughs> okay Blaze was did a lot more of the dialogue uh, and Mary Lambert at one point was trying to get her to cry on cue for a scene and suggested that she think back on something that was very sad and the girl couldn't think of anything. Aww. So instead, she offered her more money if she would cry and she cried. <laughs> this is why child <laughs> acting is super dark. Also, it's essentially why unions work, too. Yeah, 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 but yeah, yeah, how yeah, old yeah, was yeah. She, like, yeah, she young. Yeah. Uh, but that's that's funny that you were like, uh, make her cry and we'll give her more money. <laughs> yeah, like, Please cry. Uh, and she's just like, actually, I'm going to need you to add an addendum to my contract uh, for me to cry. <laughs> You're four and a half years old. She's like almost five. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? If I want to retire by 23, <laughs> then yeah. I'm going to need to start demanding this money. Uh, now, Stephen King did write the screenplay, at least the first version of it sure and he required that it be filmed in maine and that his screenplay be followed rigorously and that he do any edits now sometimes that's good sometimes that's bad with adaptations but i think this one is actually pretty successful yeah i mean i think they did a good job i haven't read the book but the movie is good yeah originally pet cemetery the novel almost never got 
published. Really? It was only when his wife, Tabitha, was cleaning out shelves, found it and read it that she convinced him to publish it. What are you? That's awesome. Yes. Originally, George A. Romero was supposed to direct this film, but he dropped out and Mary Lambert stepped in. And instead, George Romero directed Monkey Shines, which, by the way, is fucking nuts. I've not seen Monkey Shines, but I have heard the How Did This Get Made episode on it. So I'm sure it's insane. We will do it someday because I think it is technically a horror movie. Anyway. Paramount wanted twins to play the role of Gage, much like the role of Ellie. Sure. However, Miko Hughes was very impressive and she felt like he was a natural talent despite being so young. So they lobbied the studio to allow that to happen. But that meant that they could only film with him for very short periods of time at a time, which is also why even though Gage is a big figure in the film, he's only really on camera for maybe five to 10 minutes total. Yeah. And there's a lot of like doll hand with scalpel because they literally (laughs) could not use him for more than a couple hours at a time. Yeah. Seven blue British short hair cats were used to play church and each of them were trained to do specific actions for camera. Yeah. This is very similar to if you ever saw the movie Keanu. Yeah. Uh, multiple I love that cats. movie, actually. <laughs> it's so good. So good. It's like an unsung Key and Peele movie, but it's really worth checking out. Uh, mo- most of them, uh, seven, they, they usually train each cat to do one action because cats are notoriously difficult to train. Yes. The cats don't give a fuck. Um, And no cats were harmed during filming, Um, but they trained one to jump, one to snarl and one to cuddle. But they ended up using at least seven, but also they had two more on hand that they didn't end up putting on camera. Okay, so they had nine cats total. They had nine cats, one for each life. Yes. Mary Lambert said that Fred Gwynn was her first and only choice for the role of Judd. And he does. He does a phenomenal job in this movie. Like that is absolutely the right choice yes so miko hughes who played gage was only a little over two years old during production wow so just shy he was 33 months by the time they wrapped which is three months shy of three so yeah that's crazy yep Mm -hmm. wow okay yep um, Fred Gwynn's hair was actually black So he dyed it white on a regular basis For the role of Judd Wow okay um, Some dudes just keep their hair Like my my husband's grandfather Who passed away right around the time we got married That dude had like a full ass head of hair Like an old dude with just so much hair It was And it, it wasn't white? It was like black? It, w- it was white But like full As if he'd never lost a single hair Which was bonkers that's wild that's great though i mean yeah the cat's glowing eyes were done as an in-camera effect (gasps) because cats as it turns out have reflective lenses very reflective eyes yeah and so when they could angle the camera and lighting correctly they were able to make that appear on camera without having to do any post-production on it that's amazing because those cats eyes do look impressively glowy yes and that they have to have like done that with just like very specific lighting and the using the reflection of the eyes that's nuts yes when rachel hitches a ride with the trucker his number is 666 on the truck no shit okay i missed that yep mary lambert has commented on the creepy painting the the one of the the child it is very creepy 
And she said paintings like that are a big part of early American portraiture because there was such a high mortality rate among infants. They didn't have photography. So a lot of people had portraits painted of their children after they died so they could remember them. And since so many I know, and since so many died between two or three, those paintings paintings are very, very plentiful, but also very frightening because you know that they're always dead. Yeah. Now she directed the film. I'm very glad she did. I think she did a great job. They had considered another director apart from George Romero. When George Romero initially said no, they went to somebody else and then eventually went to Mary Lambert. Do you have any guesses who that person was? Oh, who was doing stuff at this? Like Spielberg, maybe? Like who was doing stuff at this time? So I will let you in on a, a little bit of a clue. This person had never directed before and worked in a different part of production, but ultimately directs his directorial debut about three to four years after this in a remake of uh, Night of the Living Dead. I have no idea. It's Tom Savini. Oh, really? They were going to let Savini do this? They were going to let Tom Savini direct. And those are your fun facts. Well, think of those fun facts. I would have watched Tom Savini direct it. That would have been cool. All right, cool. Uh, Anyway, thank you for those fun facts, Paige. Let's talk a little bit about box office. So what do you think the production budget was for Pet Cemetery in 1989 when it came out? Now, this is 89, and it is Stephen King. And by this point, we've already had It, uh, The Shining, Maximum Overdrive. I think you said Cujo was 83. Cujo was 83. Yeah. So at this point, people know that Stephen King is a money maker. So I'm going to say that they probably had a budget of about $20 million for this. Okay, so you're a little high. It was 11.5, but if you adjust for inflation, so if you had to spend that money today, more or less, that it's 28.2 million dollars. Okay, I think your yeah. reasoning was like very logical, and like you gave the number for like today's numbers. Today's well, 11. It looks great for 11, but also yeah. 11 at the time they probably lucked out on locations. Probably is, is probably a lot of it. Yeah. yeah, and there aren't a lot of locations. Like it's mainly at that the house and sort of the compound that mm-hmm. that land is on. Anyway. So this movie came out on April 21st, 1989. It was number one the weekend it came out. It beat the number two movie was Major League. Number three was a movie we've done on Romance in the Pod, Say Anything. Number four was The Dream Team. And number five was Rain Man. What do you think Pet Cemetery made in its opening weekend? Opening weekend, I'm going to say $4 million. Paige, it did so much better. It did $12 million its opening weekend. Yeah, it is great. Uh, To make back its budget in its first week is great. Uh, It was also number one the next weekend, although it didn't make quite as much money, but still was the best movie that weekend, however. Uh, And its third week, it was the second movie. Fourth week, it was the fourth movie. And then its fifth week, it was the fifth movie in the theaters that weekend. And then slowly trickled out. But that's really good stay power to be in the top five for your first five weekends. That's a lot. Uh, So what do you think it made in its total nine week run in 1989? So if it opened at 12. Yeah. I'm going to say it finishes at 50. Paige, that's a very good guess. It was $57.4 million. And again, I almost said 60, damn it. Oh, yeah, you, that would have been closer, but you're still very, very close. Thank you. Uh, but again, that's 1989. So that's, if you adjust that for inflation, $140.9 million domestically. Now, it didn't really get an international release, so let's just call that worldwide. But this movie made tons of money, even in just the theaters, but it's, of course, made tons of money in 
VHS and DVD and streaming and all that stuff. Like I paid to run it tonight. So like it's yeah. definitely made quite a bit of money. Absolutely. But that is your box office. So we should probably hit him with that scary scale, which is our scale of one to 10 of how scary we found the film. Not quality necessarily, but how scary we found the film. And for you and I, it was our first time watching it. So it's our first time. 10 being Texas Chainsaw Massacre or Hereditary, one being Ghostbusters. What would you give it on the scary scale page? I'm actually going to put this at about a three. Oh, no shit. Okay. You're going to rate it yeah. higher than me. Yeah. Because I, I, I felt like, and I watched it in the you know middle of the day with the lights on and everything, but I was like, you know what? <laughs> Seeing for the, this for the first time in a movie theater, especially the early times where like the cat's creeping in and the ghost is there. Yeah, it, it's kind of eerie and the grief elements of it give me a bit of a hereditary vibe, but I really liked it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think it's a good movie. It's funny when it needs to be funny. It's like sort of campy funny is what I mean. Yeah. But it's also like sad and creepy when it needs to be creepy. It's a well done movie. I'm going to give it a two, though. I didn't find it super scary. But the Zelda stuff is very creepy to me. So I don't want to give it yeah. a one. Yeah. Well, and, and for me, creeping dread is my type of scare. Yeah. So for me, it's more like jump scare. So like we just yeah. what scares us is different, which I think is interesting. Yeah. Because jump scares. I'm like, yeah, whatever. Like, you know, maybe it pops out, but I'm like, ha ha. Sure. Great. Yeah yeah, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Creeping dread. I'm like, ooh, but that's also like my I know I rated Deborah Logan a nine. That's probably my 10 when I think about it. But that is all creeping dread and personal grief. <laughs> so exactly. Like, well, that's why hereditary that's exactly is my what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's that it's that personal trauma like that ties me to hereditary that like makes me really get triggered by that movie. So this week we watched Pet Cemetery, the original Pet Cemetery. What are we watching next week? So next week, Mikey's finally back. Yes. And we have the results from the listener requests. We're going to be watching The Mist or rather re-watching The Mist because Mikey and I were not here for the original one. So it will be a revisited episode of The Mist. Yes. Again, the original episode's not going anywhere. We're just doing it again. Yeah, largely because it's almost a completely different show now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because we yeah. have two new hosts, right? So Correct. For you guys, it won't be a revisited. I'm the only one that's going to have to watch it again. Again for the show <laughs> Oh well <laughs> <laughs> So your homework for next week is to watch The Mist And then enjoy that revisited episode Which I know the listeners Really enjoy because the last time we did Revisited month some of those are like our Most well listened to episodes for some reason Yeah isn't Hereditary revisited The top episode Download wise yeah, yeah it is uh, And also in that in the top Five is The Exorcist Revisited and Cabin in the Woods. So three of the top five are revisited episodes. God, Exorcist, man. That movie fucking slaps. I was surprised how much I liked that movie. Yeah. I can't believe it was the first time you saw it, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's crazy. Anyway, so your homework is to watch The Mist. The Mist. <laughs> uh, with The Punisher. Oh, Thomas Jane. Yeah. yeah. So I think maybe... I should read a review, maybe? Please do. I make it a point not to read reviews in general. <laughs> yeah. Here's a five-star review from David Plummer Page, and I bet you'll be able to guess what episode they listened to before they left this review because it's entitled, What a Toot. <laughs> Having a toot. Oh, man. I have gotten so many DMs that are like, Todd, that was what people did. Like, that was them doing cocaine in the 80s. I was like, I don't know. I wasn't alive. Like, I don't know. What are we talking yeah. about? <laughs> I've never done cocaine in the 80s or now. So, like, I <laughs> yeah. can't really help you with this. Yeah, I don't do cocaine. I just like the way it smells, mom. So, <laughs> David Plummer has this to say. 
I've listened to approximately 1 million episodes of movie discussion podcasts. So it takes something really good to catch my it all to catch my interest. Aww. I like this review. Uh, I only heard of this show a few weeks ago and it's already my favorite. Oh, it's already my favorite. Uh, I've been listening to it every day. That that might be that might be too much, David. Uh, the hosts have a great dynamic. They're always funny and often provide good insights. That's the page part. And Aww. the hook that I added that, but we all know it's true. Uh, the hook of the having a non-horror fan watching horror movies is a good twist. Oh, that's me. Highly recommend. They're a really good listen, even if they're wrong about The Last Jedi, which no. I love that We're that not. is the end of this review and that would have definitely pissed Mike E off. <laughs> yeah, that's true. On the, on the one week he's not here. <laughs> Uh, so David Plummer Thank you so much For that awesome Five star review And if you want to have Mikey or me Read a review for you You know Leave us a five star review With the caveat of I'm going to make Mikey Read them going forward Unless he's not here <laughs> Yeah yeah For sure For sure For sure <laughs> So guys If you like this show But want to hear This power thruple On another movie review show About romance And romantic comedies Check out Romancing the pod Where Mikey Paige and I Break down And make fun of Romantic movies It's a lot of fun guys Check it out if you want to follow us on social, please do. We are at Horror Virgin or online at HorrorVirgin.com. If you want to follow us all individually, you can do that as well. Paige is at Paige Wesley on Twitter or Rampage Wesley everywhere else, including TikTok. Mikey is at MRandolph24 and I am at Todd J. Awesome. If you like the show so much and you want to help financially support it, please do by going to Patreon.com slash Horror Virgin where you can get a lot of great levels and a lot of great stuff like bonus episodes, director's cut episodes, where they're a little bit longer and you get them actually a day earlier mm -hmm, than the regular mm -hmm. feed drop. We do a lot of great things like listener requests and stuff like that. So guys, check out yeah. the Patreon and help support the show. If you want to financially support me, but not Todd, just look me up on Venmo. If you can't financially support the show, that's understandable. That's fine. But if you want to hang out with us on the daily, join the Facebook group uh, at facebook.com slash group slash virgin. We also link it like once a week. So just find it there and join the awesome Facebook group. Literally, we're in there talking every Every day. It's awesome. And guys, we got a P.O. box. So if you want to send us some love letters or whatever you might send to a P.O. box, it's actually not a P.O. box. It's like a regular street address. It's pretty awesome. It's 6688 Nolensville Road, number 108-34, Brentwood, Tennessee, 37027. So send us some stuff. Yeah. And if you want to check out our Twitch stream, we're at twitch.tv slash Todd Awesome, where we will be playing horror video games. So if you have always wondered what it would be like to watch me get scared, you can now do that on Twitch while I play these horror games. It's twitch.tv slash Todd Awesome, guys. Check it out. It's a lot of fun for you. Not a lot of fun for me. This episode brought to you by Tia, and Tia's teenager's been like driving her crazy so how has tia's teenager been driving her crazy this week Paige? she keeps burying memes in the, <laughs> in the circle it's not gonna make them more popular again sometimes dead is better sometimes dead memes are better yeah rick ass looks buried out there for years <laughs> i feel like he's ready for a comeback yeah well tia's teenager stop burying dead memes let the memes die this episode also yes. brought to you by jonathan and jonathan wants me to make you watch some videos so i'm gonna do that now this video is called weird 90s commercials Okay. <laughs> what? What is this? This looks like a late night you should be coming to church commercial. I knew it. Prawn God. What? 
pray to the prawn god? I don't like this. I don't like sea bugs or land bugs. This feels like a 90s Adult Swim parody cartoon, and I am I think here it is. for it. Okay. I think it is. Cleanliness is prawnliness <laughs> in chest of the brine? Yeah, prawn god. The eight tenants of a prawn. Glory to the prawn. Okay. Oh, it's obvious plant. Oh, is that a thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So obvious plant makes a lot of uh, fake items and then leaves them in stores. And if you find one, you take a picture of it and post it. I love that name for that premise. Yes. That's amazing. Well, Jonathan, thank you so much for that awesome video. We appreciate it. We now return you to another phoned in episode of The The Patreonicals. Okay, new episode of the Patreonicals coming from the beach. Well, let me close the balcony door here. (sighs) So relaxed. Okay, everybody wakes up and everybody's in a fairy tale now. So they look around. It's like Oz kind of like Wizard of Oz kind of stuff. Fairy tale, medieval stuff. So Isaac looks around. And uh, he's in Black Knight armor. Uh, Kate still has her psychic powers and is like a dragon flies through the air. They're like, what is happening? Uh, Karun and Natasha are still blue and they're holding hands and they're like, what is happening in here? Wes, the handsome dude, is now a prince. He is Prince Charming. Wes is now Prince Charming. Long, you know, blonde curls, smile. All that stuff. Uh, Dreskel, uh, still in an Iron Man suit. Um, so that's still pretty cool in medieval times. Uh, Allie a Mermaid still has her ability to turn Mermaid and Knot. And uh, she's dressed like a fair uh, maiden. Uh, Boezy is just a Florida man in basically uh, crop top and shorts and a, like a hat with two beers on it that, with the straw that goes into his mouth. Uh, Jeremy still has laser eyes and a robotic toe and a pitchfork. Alex, the evil magician, looks like an old-timey magician, but uh, still a magician nonetheless. Lauren, the cave person, still looks like a cave person, but no longer has the cyborg club, has the regular old club. Mr. Rage Bomb is like, oh, do I still have my rage powers? And he cannot blow up like atomic style, but he still can shoot fireworks, which is still very cool. Um, Vance, the serial killer, still grows knives, and he kills a little... Uh, halfling hobbit person uh, mur- wanders off and murders him immediately. Karataka, um, the heavy metal bitch, uses her axe, and it's like a great axe, but it also plays the guitar now. Sunzi, the AI robot nanobots thing, uh, has uh, just looks like the Tin Man now. Just looks like the Tin Man. Still made out of nano- nanobites, but basically just the Tin Man. Uh, between them all is Andrew, the golden retriever, who is super excited and gets thrown a treat. Um, Anthony, the time lord, he still has his time grenade, and he is like, what the hell? Uh, Jennifer still has her force field powers, but also is dressed old-timey. Captain Bruder still is dressed like a pirate captain, and River Moon is still a big witch. Aaron and Libby, the Mun people, are now... <laughs> are now... Sci- are now conjoined twins um and that's the thing that's happening in this storyline but they're also people all right goodbye well i guess we'll have to wait till next week to find out what happens on another episode of uh, the, the patreonicals, patreonicals. 
And that's going to be it for us, you guys on Paige. And I'm your horror virgin, Todd. Keep it ooky spooky. Yeah. Have an amazing week, as Mikey would say. Bye. Bye. Jules' impressions were straight fire nerds. (laughs) Dude, they were great.